Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And by the way, I want to give a great shout out to all of our seniors that are graduating. You may be graduating from high school or from college, grad school, uh, whatever. I just want you to know how much we are proud of you and how much we believe in you and we thank God for you. And listen, God may choose to use you and your generation to bring about a national revival. You know, I was just reading this week about a young man named Evan Roberts who grew up in Wales. Evan uh, really didn't grow up in a, 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 a prosperous family, a, a prominent family. He grew up going into the coal mines to work and working as a blacksmith, but he did go to Bible college, and he really, he really had a heart for God, had a real desire for God to use him. And while he was at Bible college, God spoke to him in a very profound way. He went back to his home church, to the youth group there, and he preached. And he preached a very simple message. He said, confess every known sin and, and, and remove anything questionable in your life and obey the Holy Spirit when he prompts you and tell people openly about Jesus. At the end of that sermon, over 60 kids had come to faith in Christ. Well, another youth group asked him to come and speak, and then another, then another, then one church, and then another church. And in the next two years, God had used this one young man to win a, over 100,000 people to Christ. I mean, the whole country was changed by way of a spiritual revival because of this young man. In fact, they were so changed that people started paying their bills on time. Um, People were uh, closing down the bars because nobody was drinking anymore. I mean, even the mules in the coal mine didn't understand their masters because their masters were no longer cursing at them. I mean, they were, God used this incredible moment uh, to bring about a spiritual revival. Listen, I believe that's what God wants to do in our country. I believe that's what God wants to do here and God wants to do now. And God may choose you to do it. Listen, we've been studying about revival. We've been studying about spiritual awakening. And uh, we've been looking at one particular passage out of Hosea chapter 6. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up with me. Hosea 6 is where we're going to be uh, today. And uh, let me just read it again. This is Hosea 6 verses 1 through 3. Hosea is speaking to this wayward nation of Israel. And this is what he says. This is the word of God. Come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us, and he will heal us. He has wounded us, and he will bind up our wounds. He will revive us after two days, and on the third day, he will raise us up so that we can live in his presence. Let us strive to know the Lord. His appearance is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring showers that water the land. I love this passage. And really, the first verse is, is the invitation of revival. It says, come, come, let us return to the Lord. Come on, you don't have to stay where you are. God wants to do something new in your life. You don't have to be where you are right now. You can change. And we learn that many times God uses crisis to get our attention. But the crisis always leads to our ultimate healing and restoration. In verse 2, he says, he will revive us. But we learned last week that personal revival requires personal repentance. To be honest with God about our sin and to turn from our sin and to turn back to him. Just like Evan Roberts preached all those years ago. But then in verse 3, we get the question, well, what will happen when God does show up? What would it be like if God really showed up in your life? What would it be like if God really showed up in our church 
or in our country, what would that look like? Well, we find it in verse 3. So look at it with me again. He says, let us strive to know the Lord. His appearance is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring showers that water the land. You know, Hosea preached this message in a very dark time in Israel's history. It was a time when they were very spiritually wayward and spiritually dark. In fact, if you want a little snapshot of what the nation of Israel was like during this time, well, you find it in Hosea chapter 4. This is what he says in verse 1 through 3. He said, hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel, for the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. In other words, God's got an issue with you. God, God's got a complaint against you. And listen to what he says. There is no truth, no faithful love, no knowledge of God in the land. Cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery are rampant, and acts of bloodshed follows another. For this reason, the land mourns, and everyone who lives in it languishes. I mean, he's saying, listen, things are bad. I mean, not, not only were they bad spiritually, but the, the moral wheels had come off. You know, the people were just tumbling into greater and greater sin. He said, there's no love. There's no faithfulness. There's no knowledge of God. And, and because of that, there's just cursing and lying and fighting and violence everywhere you turn. Does that not sound like our day? Listen, I don't have to give you stats and figures to, to prove that case. You, you, every day when you look at your phone, every day when you watch the news, every day when you look at your social media feed, you see it. The moral decline of our country. The moral fabric of our country being literally ripped apart. And in that kind of very dark spiritual moment in Israel's history, God brought a man with a message. A man named Hosea. And his message was a message of hope. It was good news in bad times. And his message was simply this. It's not too late to return to the Lord. It's not too late. Listen, it's not too late for you to return to the Lord. You may say, well, Craig, you don't know how far I've gone. You don't know what I've done, what I've been doing this weekend. You have no idea. No, no, listen. It is not too late for you to return back to the Lord. And then he goes on to say, listen, if you will return to the Lord, God promises some things. God promises, get this, to renew you. He promises to refresh you. He promises to bring life back into, into you. He promises to bring to life some things you thought were dead a long, long, long time ago. That God wants to do this. That's really what he's saying in, in verse 3. He's saying this. He promises to renew you when you turn back to him. I want you to write that down in the margin of your Bible, right there by verse 3. God promises to renew me when I turn back to him. You say, well, what would God renew in my life? You know, what, what would God bring to life in my life if I really got honest with God? If I really turned back to him, what difference would he make? Well, in verse 3, he tells us, so let me give them to you. Three things. Here's the first one. That he would renew your passion to know and to follow him. Look at, look at verse 3. He says, let us strive to know the Lord. Now I want you to circle that word know that's in your Bible. It's the Hebrew word yada. And uh, this word is translated in a lot of different ways. 
Uh, it can mean to know by means of seeing, uh, to know about, to have knowledge, uh, to follow, to know deeply and personally and uh, intimately. He said, let's strive to know the Lord. What, what do you mean to know the Lord? Well, in one sense, it means to know the facts about him, to know him, to know about him. Right? To, to have the fact. You know, in Hosea's day, there were a lot of people, a whole generation growing up, that did not even know who God was. And you know what? The same is true today. Chances are good your neighbor doesn't know the Lord, has never heard the gospel, doesn't know about Christ, doesn't know about the Calvary, doesn't know about the empty tomb. Your neighbor, the person you're working with, the person that you're doing business with, the person you go to school with, they don't know the Lord. And so that's, knowing the Lord is, first of all, just knowing the facts about him. But it means more than that. It also means to encounter the Lord. Remember, yada means to experience, to know by seeing. There are a lot of people that are filling churches today, and they know about God, but they have never encountered him. And that may be you. You grew up, yeah, you know about God. You've read your Bible a little bit. You've heard the story, right? But you've never had a personal encounter with Christ that has changed your life. And what God wants you to do is to know him in a deep, personal way. To encounter him. To have that moment in your life when you confess your sin and, and he changes you on the inside. Does that happen? But that's not even the end of what it means to know the Lord. It also means to know him in a deep and personal and intimate way like you know a best friend. Like you know a, a husband or a, or a wife. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, he said... Uh, he said, my determined purpose is to know Jesus Christ. I mean, his whole determined focus in life was to know Jesus more deeply and personally and intimately. And Jesus said that that can happen. He said in John 10, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know, every, almost every week in our church, we articulate our mission. Our mission is lead every generation to know and to follow Jesus. But let me, let me just bring that down to you. Do you know him like that? Are you following him like that? He said, listen, let us, let us strive to know the Lord. That word strive means to, to pursue, to run after, to chase after. Man, let's just, it, it requires focus and requires effort. He said, let us stretch out. Let's strive to really know God like this. And here's the wonderful thing about it. When, when God begins to work in your life, when God begins to do something new in you, when God begins to refresh you, when God begins to revive your heart, the first thing he's going to do is to restore and revive and renew this passion to know and to follow him. You know, last week I, I told you about this season of my life when I was in college, very wayward, and, and God just really spoke to me. He said, Craig, you, you've been bought with a price. Choose you this day who you'll serve. And it was a real turning point in my personal life. But you know what? The first thing that happened after I turned to the Lord, the very first thing that happened is I had a hunger for God's word. Man, I can remember staying up all night just reading the Bible over and over, almost as if I had never read it before. I had a notepad and I would just write down all my questions and I was, I was just devouring God's word. I had this desire to worship, had this desire to pray, I had the desire to go to church. Man, I hadn't been in church in a long time, but now I wanted to be there. Why? Because God was awakening this new passion in my heart for him. And that's what God will do in your life. 
You may say, well, Craig, you know, I, I just don't have that. You know, I don't, I don't feel that way. I haven't, I haven't had a real hunger or a passion for God in a long, long time. Maybe you're in a very dry season spiritually. You're just kind of going through the motion. Not like you're in some terrible sin. It's just that you just don't have this passion for God. Listen, then that's a warning sign. It's just like the check engine light in your, on your car, right? When you're driving your car and check engine light comes on, you're like, oh, no. You know, something's, something's wrong down in the engine. Something's, something's not right. I need to fix that. Well, when, when you come to the awareness that you don't have a passion for God, there's a light that's coming on that says, hey, God wants to fix that. There's something not right. Now, listen, you can ignore this light. You can say, well, I, I, I'm just going to keep driving it. I'm just going to keep driving. Or you can say, you know what, God? Something's not right. I just, I don't want to know you. I, I, I'm indifferent. I'm callous, God. And I don't want to be this way. And when you cry out to God and you turn to him, he will begin to renew this passion in your heart for him. Hosea said the first thing that God will do in your life, if you will turn back to him, is he will just bring back this passion for him, to know him, and to follow him. But there's another thing that God promises to do. If you, uh, if you will turn to the Lord, then God will also, here's the second thing, he will renew the, the confidence, your confidence, that he's at work in your life. He will renew your confidence that he is at work in your life. Look, look at verse uh, three again. It says, let us strive to know the Lord. Look, it's, he says, his appearing is as sure as a dawn. I, now, I love this verse. But I have to tell you that I wrestled with this verse this week. I wrestled with it. And the reason why is because the word appearing is a, a difficult word to translate. It only appears 27 times in the whole Bible. Uh, and uh, it's translated lots of different ways. For example, uh, one version translates it, his going forth is as sure as the dawn. Another one says his going out is as sure as the dawn. Another one says he will respond. Another one says he will appear. Another one says he will come. So what does all this mean? What does it mean? It means that he will show up and go to work in your life. That's what it means. That, that if you cry out to God, if you seek him, not only will he revive this passion for him, but all of a sudden he will revive this confidence that God is at work in your life. God's going to show up. He will appear. He, he will appear to you. When you cry out to him, he's not going to leave you to yourself. He's going to show up in your life and he's going to come near to you and you're going to experience his presence. He's going to go forth like a shepherd leads sheep. He's going to lead you and he's going to direct you in the, the path he has for your life. He, he's going to go out like a, like a military leader that fights battles on your behalf. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, if you will cry out to him, he will renew this passion and he will renew confidence that God is at work in your life. Never, never ever give in to the idea that God doesn't care about you. Never give in to this idea that God, well, God's not really going to, he's not really going to show up. He's not really going to move. He's not really going to save uh, my child. Or he's not really going to help me get a job. He's not going to really deal with my problems. He doesn't care. Don't ever give in to that. God will move. God will show up. He's promised it. And that promise is as sure as the dawn. You know, so many times we just, we kind of give into a sense of despair. 
Listen, God is not, God is not indifferent to you. God is not hiding from you. God is not like too busy for you. He's like, you know what? I'll get around to that maybe, you know, sometime, but I'm really busy with these other people. That's not how God works. That's not who God is. In fact, in Psalm 91, verse 15, he says this, when he calls out to me, I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will rescue him and will give him honor. Listen, God's just waiting for you to return to him and he's promised that he'll show up in your life. You say, well, how do I know? How will I know that God's going to show up? And I, I, I'd love to believe that, Craig. I mean, I'd love to believe that if I just returned to the Lord, that God would show up and God would, would renew my heart and God would in, 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 you know, kind of intervene in my circumstance. I, I wish that I knew that, but how do I know? The way you know is he's promised he will come as sure as the dawn. Let me ask you something. Did the sun come up this morning, yes or no? Okay, this is not hard. The sun come up, yes or no? Yes, right? And uh, did the sun come up yesterday? Yes or no? Yeah, all right. And so what's the probability that the sun's gonna come up uh, tomorrow? Uh, it's probably pretty high, wouldn't you agree? And so if the sun is coming up and we can have confidence that the sun will come, he said, you can have confidence that I'm coming, that I'm gonna show up, that this season that you're in is not forever, that this season, this despair that you're in, this, this dark situation that you're in, this, this entangled with sin that you're in, this season is not forever. I'm coming as sure as the dawn. You can count on it if you'll just turn to me. Recently, uh, Ravi Zacharias, uh, the great preacher, uh, apologist, uh, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, Ravi just uh, was a, a great man of faith. He grew up playing cricket in the streets in India. And uh, when he was a young boy, his mother called him into his house to have the local palm reader look at his future. And so palm reader took Ravi's hands and studied the lines in his hands. And he said, oh, you will never travel very far from your home. This is the destiny of your life. Of course, we know that by the age 37, Ravi had been asked by Billy Graham to speak to the International Conference for Evangelists uh, that was uh, worldwide and launched an international ministry, he preached on every continent of the United States. I mean, God used this man to, to preach to the elite and the down and out all over the world. But what you may not know about Ravi is that there was a season in his life when he was in a very dark place. And he grew up in a spiritual home, a spiritual family, but he did not know Christ. And because of that, he fell into great despair and he tried to take his own life. And that landed him in the hospital. And while he was in the hospital, in great despair, a man came to him and handed Ravi a Bible. And Ravi opened up that word and he read the words of Jesus that said, because I live, you also will live and he said those words changed Robbie's heart right there in that hospital bed he asked Jesus Christ to forgive him to come into his life and God began to renew a passion for his word and a passion for God all of a sudden all this came to life in Ravi and God used him to share the message and the gospel all over the world God was leading him and God was directing him. God had a plan for his life. And Ravi learned to trust God and have confidence in God because he had promised.
to lead him. Now listen, the same God that saw Ravi Zacharias, that young boy in a hospital bed in India, is the same God that sees you. And he has a plan for you. And he has good in store for you. And if you will simply turn to him, he will not only renew a passion and love for him in your life, but you can be confident that he will lead you. He'll lead you out of this season. He will lead you forward. He will fight battles for you. He will draw near to you. You can be confident as sure as the dawn that he's coming for you. See, these are the things that happen when we return to the Lord. A new passion, a renewed confidence. But let me give you one more thing. It's right out of verse three. That when we return to the Lord, he will also give us a renewed satisfaction in him. <laughs> Look at this. I love this, this part of the verse. It says, he will come to us like the rain, like the spring showers that water the land. You know, we've been having a lot of spring showers lately, haven't we? A lot of rain, just soaking spring rains. Uh, every time it rains, I think about this verse. And every time it rains, I think about growing up in rural West Texas, you know, when it's dry and dusty and windy. But I can remember as a young boy, when we'd hear weather reports that the rain is coming, we would stand out on the front porch and we would look and we could see uh, from a far distance, we could see the clouds. We could literally see the rain coming down at a distance. And sure enough, it would be moving this way. And as it got closer and closer, the temperature would drop. The wind would shift directions. And you could tell that it's coming. And then there would be a few sprinkles, a few drops here or there. And then all of a sudden, the downpour would come. And uh, it was so refreshing when it was so hot and so dry. Then the rain would come and it would refresh the crops and it would renew the life of the land and the people. Sometimes we would just get out in the rain and just let it fall on us. You know, that's exactly what it was like in Hosea's time. They were growing crops without irrigation and they depended on the rains. But the rain only came twice in Hosea's day. There was a winter rain and there was a spring rain. The winter rains came around October, November, early December. And they would come and they would water the ground and prepare the ground for the seed to be sown. And then there would be a drought period of time. And then there would be the spring rains. Now the spring rains came in late February, March, April. And the spring rains would come and they would prepare the seed for growth and for harvest. And listen, the spring rains weren't just a few sprinkles here and there. It was a downpour. It was saturating. It was flooding. It was, it was everything that the crops needed. The spring rains brought renewal. They brought hope. They brought life. And that's exactly what Hosea is saying here, saying, you know what? When you come to God, when you finally turn to him, he will come to you and he will come like the rain, like the spring rains that will saturate your life, that will satisfy your life. Let's face it, so many of us are not satisfied. You may be sitting there listening to me right now and you just have to know in your own heart that it's true. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with my, my relationships. I'm not satisfied with my own body. I'm not satisfied with how much money I make. I'm not satisfied with my accomplishments. I'm not satisfied with anything. I'm always wanting more, thirsting for more, desiring something else. Jesus told a woman that was very thirsty for life, 
for satisfaction in life. He told her these words. He said, those who drink the water I give will never thirst again. Listen, you will never find satisfaction in life until you find it in Jesus. Did you hear that? You will never be sad. There will never be a next purchase that will satisfy you, another relationship that will satisfy you. There will never be another experience or another high or another drug or another thing that will satisfy you until you find your satisfaction in Jesus. Only he can satisfy us. And when we turn to him, he saturates our soul. He, he, he allows us to finally be satisfied in him. Have you ever come to that place? You know, some of you, you may have been in that place. Right? You, you, there was a time when you were satisfied in the Lord, right? There was a time. You know, some people say to me, you know, Pastor Craig, I remember, you know, back when I used to go to XYZ Church, right? And XYZ Church, that preacher was so good. And man, every time I'd show up for church, man, I just loved God more. And I, I just loved to worship. And, and the preacher was so good. He spoke to me every week. But boy, it's been a long time since God's spoken to me like that. Or man, I remember back when I was in college and I had this person invest in my life. And man, we went on a summer retreat and I grew so much. And man, that was a really high spiritual point in my life. But boy, I haven't felt that. Gosh, in years. Some of you go, man, I remember when I first got saved. <laughs> and I had this hunger for God and I loved his word. I couldn't quit talking to people about Jesus. But man, that's, that's been a long time. Listen, those good blessings of God were the former rains in your life. Those were the former rains. Those were the winter rains in your life. When things were new, when God was starting something new, but maybe you've gone through a period of drought as if you think that the rain will never come again. But it's not true. God has spring rains for you. God's got something new for you. He's got a flood. He's got a torrent. He's got a downpour for you. If you will turn back to him, God's not done with you. In fact, I love what uh, Spurgeon, uh, Charles Spurgeon, that great preacher in London, uh, said about this. At one point, he said, do you suppose that because he gave you the former rain that he has emptied the bottles of heaven? <laughs> you think God's going, oh man, I'm, I'm empty. I got nothing else for you. It's just drought from here on out. No, God's got spring rains. God's got refreshing. God's got a new downpour where he's going to bring new passion and new confidence and new satisfaction in you and all of it's waiting for you if you just return. Hosea said in that day is still true today that God will refresh you when you return back to him. So will you do it? You may say, well, Craig, I don't really know what to do. What reminds me of the story of Evan Roberts. I remember I told you that at the beginning of my message. It's interesting, before Evan Roberts preached to all those people and saw God use him in this incredible way. Evan Roberts was in Bible college and he was at a prayer meeting and he was praying for God to move in his life. He, he was hungering for God. He was wanting God to move in his heart. 
And at the end of this prayer meeting, the pastor that was leading that meeting stood up and did kind of a closing prayer. But that pastor made a statement that the Spirit of God used to grab Evan's heart. At the end of his prayer, that pastor prayed these simple words. He said, Oh Lord, bend us. Bend us. And it's as if the Holy Spirit spoke to Evan directly. And he said, that's what you need. You need for me to bend you, to change you, to reshape you, to, to renew some things in you. Evan said he walked out of that small church building and he looked up in the sky and he said, oh God, bend me, change me, fill me, use me. God, just don't leave me the way that I am. And it's because of that heart that God changed him. Listen, the Spirit of God is speaking to you today. And that's what you need. You need him to bend you, to change you, to renew you again. Would you be willing to pray that? God, bend me. And listen, Maybe it's because you've never given your life to Christ. You don't know the Lord because you've never given your life to Christ. You never had that encounter with the Lord Jesus. Then I want you to listen to me right now. I want you to look right in my eyes because this is very, very, very important. Here is what God wants you to hear. That because of your sinfulness, that you've drifted far from God, but God loves you so much and he created you to know him. And he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. And when Jesus came, he came to pay for the penalty of your sin, to pay for all the wrong that you've done, all the waywardness, all the mistakes, all the past that you've done. God put it on the back of innocent Jesus. And Jesus died in your place for your sin to make you right with him. That Jesus was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And, and he offers new life and new hope to anyone who will turn to him. And right now, if you will turn to Christ, if right now you'll say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I don't want to be the same person. God, I want to change. God, bend me. God, change me. He will do it. For God so loved the world, they gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Maybe today is your day to finally allow the Lord to bend you and to change you and to redirect you to his purpose and his path. So I want you to just bow your heads with me for just a minute. And if you've never given your life to Christ, then this is the moment for you to do that. Right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of faith, asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. So if you just bow your heads with me right where you are, and you can just, if this is the burden of your heart, you just repeat this prayer. It's not just the fact you're repeating words, but God sees your heart. God knows your desire for forgiveness and to be right with him. So pray the simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned against you. I know that I've gone my own way, but I believe you died on a cross for me. And I believe you rose again from the Please forgive me. Please come into my life. Please make me a different person. Today I choose to follow you. Now listen, with your heads bowed, uh, maybe you're a believer, but you're in a dry season. 
You've had the, the former rains, the winter rains. God's done some good things in your life in the past, but you're just in a dry, dusty season in life. Oh, my friend, God wants to bring spring rains. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to water you again. He wants to bring new life. But you got to turn back to Him. So would you just pray that right now and just say, Oh God, renew me again. Pray it. Oh Lord, renew me again. Have your way in my life. God, I confess my sin to you. God, I desperately need you. Thank you for your grace that covers all my sin. Lord, today, I want to live for you. Amen.